The Emmys were a few days ago, and today we are going to talk about what it means for the future of television, and we're going to talk about why you shouldn't really care that much about the Emmys or these other award shows in general. My name is Luke Clayton, and this is Connection Culture. Welcome back. Welcome to the latest episode. If you haven't yet, I do hope that you'll take a moment to like and subscribe. If you watch on Facebook or maybe somehow you get updated about our latest episodes through social media, you might notice that you don't actually see all of the new content as it becomes available. We drop a new web episode every week, and you may say, "Well, I only see every you know every other episode or every two every you know it might be two or three may go by and you won't see them." Well, that's because of those almighty algorithms, and Facebook tends to suppress content like ours because well, it doesn't really like it when you don't glorify these almighty algorithms, and you love Facebook and as you know the nature of the content of a show, we encourage you to definitely limit your consumption of things like social media and Facebook. So what I'm getting at is if you want to make sure that you're not missing new episodes, the best way to get new content is by getting it delivered to you by way of email. If you go to mustincrease.com slash cc, as in the letters cc, you could sign up to receive our weekly email where we simply send you the uh, the latest episode right to your inbox every week. Again, if you want to sign up, go to mustincrease.com slash cc, or you can see the link in the description for this episode. All right, so the Emmys were just a few days ago, and I didn't watch, nor have I ever taken the time to watch an award show. You know, I heard some buzz about nominations of certain shows and actors, you know, just like you may have or you may not have. Good for you if you didn't. Uh, but I did read a rundown of the brief, you know, kind of kind of get a brief idea of who the winners were. And here's my biggest takeaway from both the nominees and the winners of the night, and that's this. Streaming is truly the new king of television. Just to give you a few numbers here from the Emmys, Netflix swept the awards this year with 44. Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus had 14 and 10, respectively. And of the main awards, or what they call the telecast awards, they have these different levels of awards. There's the ones that you more commonly hear of, like, you know, best show, best actor, so on and so forth. Those are the ones they actually put on TV. And then there are other less common awards about costuming and makeup and all that stuff that they don't actually televise. They just have a private award ceremony. Ceremony. Anyways, when you add all of the Emmys, whether they were televised or not, network and cable networks, so you're talking about your standard, you know, your NBC, CBS, even your networks like AMC or USA or whatever, your, your kind of traditional conventional television networks, they won a total, get this, of the televised awards, they won a total of two. So of all the big awards that you hear about, like I said, best actor, most outstanding show, Network and cable television only won two of these awards. So this year's Emmy seemed to validate the streaming industry in a big way. It's not like it's the first time where streaming shows 
won awards, but it's definitely the most awards that streaming has won by far. And it wasn't even like it was close. I mean, the streaming shows are just dominating uh, this industry and it's definitely staked its claim on television. Now, the Emmys tend to usher in what is known as award season, in that the movies that are coming out now, the movie release cycle uh, that you see, they're all going to be kind of released over these next few months. Many of them are going to be what are considered award season type of movies. So, like I said, from now to the end of the year, you're going to be seeing a lot of movies released in theaters, and many also just released directly to streaming on digital platforms that are really actually kind of made and produced with the intent of getting the attention of critics and winning some type of award. And of course, the most coveted is the Oscar. Now, there's all kinds of these award ceremonies. The Oscars is the big one. There's the Golden Globes, the the BAFTAs, the SAG Awards. Honestly, I can't keep up with all of them. Uh, but the Oscars is by far the Academy Awards is what it's called. Uh, it is the one that most people or most filmmakers they're they're going for. When it comes to uh, the Oscars in particular, what we've seen over the past decade or so is a transition to kind of a new era of criteria that must be met in order for a film to be an Oscar contender. In fact, as of last year, the Academy officially changed the requirements that movies must include acceptable representation of LGBTQ plus and minorities to be considered for an award. Now look, all morals, values, agendas, ideologies, all of that aside, I'm not talking about right versus left or you know your, your values versus the other side's values. I'm not talking about that. All of that aside, this is complete stupidity if I'm gonna be completely blunt. And it, it really just all out disregards uh, what filmmaking is about. You know, movies are not about ensuring some type of appropriate representation of some community or people group. They're about telling stories. In the case of telling true stories about real people or real events that happen in history, this is gonna leave a lot of filmmakers with, with, with really just two options. First, they could portray the stories accurately and then not be considered for an award, or they can lie. See, the movie 1917 was released in early 2020, and it was the front runner, front runner to win the Academy Award for Best Picture. I saw this movie, and I thought that it was one of the few times the Oscars were going to get it right. The movie won the Golden Globe for Best Picture, and it was on track to take the Oscar. However, two or three weeks out from the Oscars, these rumblings began on social media, online, wherever they come from. The mob began to rumble about how the film wasn't inclusive enough. See, the cast uh, was comprised entirely of white males with absolutely no representation of LGBTQ or anyone in that community. The movie was too straight, too white, and too male, which proved to be a three strikes and you're out scenario as 1917 was in fact snubbed from winning the best picture at the Oscars in favor of the South Korean made and all Asian casted film Parasite. Now, by the way, does anyone remember what 1917 was about? What, what was the story centered on? Anyone? Anyone other? Yeah, yeah, it was a story set in World War I. 
So your all-white, all-male cast wasn't about race or bigotry or something like that. It's about something called history. It's about men who gave their lives for the cause of freedom. Men who happened to be European, and in this case, yes, they were Caucasian. Nonetheless, these soldiers committed the heinous crime of being born white males, making this historically accurate film based on true events not good enough to win the most prestigious award in Hollywood. Now, I say all that to make this point. The awards, they don't matter. The Academy, it's a joke. And the opinions of these so-called professional critics, it means absolutely nothing. Perhaps the most amusing factor of all of this is that these award shows and award season movies have made it very obvious that they really only serve two purposes. First is to obviously push their agenda and ideology, which of course they've been doing that for years and years at this point. The second though is what I find to be quite hilarious indeed. The award shows are just about the rich and famous loving and drooling all over themselves. I mean, I mean, think about it. You have a committee of rich and famous executives that decide that the, that the movies made by the other rich and famous people are good. They then throw a big event where only their other rich and famous friends are allowed to attend. Then rich and famous people stand up and present awards to other rich and famous people. And they all celebrate how awesome and rich and famous they are. I mean, that's exactly what we watched happen the other night on the Emmys. I mean, you've probably heard by now, you know, where's, the, where's their mask? Where was their uh, social distancing? All that stuff. They didn't, they didn't care. They just were having a good, rich and famous fun time. Now, at every award show for years and years, this has been the pattern. It's all about Hollywood celebrating Hollywood. So for me, I don't care. I don't care about the Academy. I don't care about these awards. When you look at some of the movies that won in the early 2000s and maybe before that, there were a few good picks here and there, but it's become very apparent in more recent years that these awards really mean nothing to the average viewer, to the audience of the, the vast majority of their audience. So yeah, I, I'm not waiting for the Academy or some critic to tell me what to think about a movie. I really could care less who wins an award. It's not gonna shape my opinion of stories, nor should it yours. Now, why does this matter? Why am I spending basically the entirety of this episode ranting about why I don't care about the Oscars and awards? Well, here's why. Humanity is built on story. It's how we connect with each other. If you think about what you spend most of your time doing when you're hanging out with your friends or, or those close to you, what are you mostly doing during those times? Well, you're probably recapping your day or telling them about something funny that your kids did, or, or maybe you're burying your soul as you share some tragedy that you've experienced. You're exchanging stories. Stories are a part of who we are. They define our relationships and they actually shape our culture. We're going to sit, we, we will often sit and listen to an engaging speecher, speaker or, or a teacher for maybe half an hour or more. And then we'll watch movies that are two and sometimes three hours long. Why? Why do we do this? I mean, that, that's a long time. Well, because it's a story and it engages us. It always has. But it does more than just entertain. It impacts us in bigger ways than we may realize. 
These stories inspire us to dream big. They motivate us to change, and they influence our thinking. You know, the big studio executives, these rich and famous, these film creators, they realize this. And they have wielded the power of storytelling to push their ideology that very often contradicts family values. But maybe the bigger tragedy here is that we've let it happen. Not by merely patronizing them, but by mindlessly and blindly allowing this content to infiltrate our hearts and our minds and that of our children. Those of us who do hold to these family values and these moral principles, we allowed those on the other side to seemingly monopolize the power of filmmaking and storytelling. So that's going to lead us right here to the challenge for the week. Don't let the critics and creators do your thinking for you. Watch movies and TV, but practice discernment. You decide what is good and what is bad, what is quality, what is not. You take note of the subtle and then often not so subtle push of the ideology and agenda that goes against your own. Parents, you got to teach your kids discernment. Watching a movie or a show together as a family presents such an incredible opportunity to teach your kids critical thinking skills and how to practice discernment. Everything that comes across that screen is definitely not going to line up with what you have taught your children is right. However, it will teach them that when you see wrong, when you see something you disagree with, you call it out, you identify it, and then you talk about and you think about and you discuss why it's wrong. So as these movies come out, there's going to be a lot of movies coming out over the next few weeks and months. And honestly, I'm looking forward to a lot of them. The nice thing is that because of COVID and because of the delay in a lot of these movies that were supposed to come out last year, we still have a nice slate of, of what I would consider to be uh, movies that aren't necessarily just made for award season or whatever. But we're going to see a lot of these award season movies and whatnot. But regardless of of who made it or where it's coming from, let's be, let's be smart. Let's, let's discern. Don't just look and see what the critics said and take your, take their word for it. No, take a moment. If you want to see it, take a moment to watch it for yourself. Not every movie's a winner. In fact, there's probably more losers than there are winners out there. It doesn't matter. When we watch a movie, when we share a story together, especially with our kids, we get to practice and we get to teach discernment. And you, you can do that. And that's how we have to see it. And beyond that, well, there's no reason to let the big studios have a monopoly on creating content. Now more than ever, it's so doable to get out there and create your. So again, find what you believe in. We featured The Chosen here not too long ago, and we've talked about that on and off here uh, throughout several of our episodes. We, we actually took, a full, uh, I believe, two full episodes to review season one, and uh, I've done a very brief review on season two. I look to do a full review on uh, the full season later, and we talked about it. And here's the wonderful thing about The Chosen. It's really the, the taking the faith element out of it, the fact that it is about the life of Jesus. It's amazing because what this is, is this is a essentially a, a crowd of people came together that all believed in one thing and they funded an amazing production and an awesome, and, and they're telling the most wonderful story that you can tell. 
But that's because people like you decided to get behind it. So I, I can't en endorse it enough. I say, if you've watched something like The Chosen, get behind it, throw them a few bucks. It's, it's going to help, or at least share and tell other people about it. And that's why we always encourage you to share our content because we're trying to help you. We're trying to help people like you and their families to navigate this insane media-driven culture because look, the media is not going away. It, it's not like one day the media is going to automatically just say, you know what, we've we've not been doing the right thing. We're going to change our tone. No, it's 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 only going to get worse. And it's not that uh, we we can get rid of it or eradicate it or whatever or, or even purify it, but we can discern and we can watch uh, with with our consciously and we can even begin to have a part in creating and contributing to other content that we do agree with. So again, I really appreciate when you like, when you share this content with others, whether it be by hitting the like on Facebook or YouTube or, or sharing it there on Facebook, or maybe you just reach out to a friend, you text them a link uh, to to our, our, our podcast page or whatever it may be. I really appreciate when you share because you are having a, a, a really significant part in getting behind what you believe in. Well, thanks again for joining us for this episode and don't forget to subscribe. If you find this content helpful, again, please take a moment to share, but also leave us a five-star review. We actually have a link right there in our show notes. Even if you don't listen in the Apple Podcast app, you can still leave us a review there. Just tap the link leave us a five-star review and uh, let us know what you think. Connection Culture is a production of the Must Increase Network and you can learn more about Must Increase and the resources that we offer for churches, families, and more at mustincrease.com. And until next time, I want to remind you one more time, get behind what you believe in because when you do, you're going to find that it's so much more fulfilling to be a meaningful, creative contributor than it is to just be a mindless, constant consumer. I'll see you next time right here on Connection Culture.